Welcome to the show today. Hi, it's David Oaks. You're tuned in to the Minor Touches to Major Impact podcast for nonprofits. Today, we have a very, very special gift. I love to bring you gifts. We talk about giving gifts all the time. Today, I'm bringing you the gift of Lori Zoss Kraska. She is an author, advisor, speaker, revenue generator for purpose-driven organizations and their executives. And she has a book now that's amazing. We're going to talk through it, The Boardroom Playbook. Lori, thank you for being with us today. Oh, David, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. (laughs) You're incredible. Okay. Your book, it's about helping us as purpose-driven organizations to get positioned in the places that we can get money. Everybody wants and needs money. So talk talk to us about how that happens. Yeah. So I specifically work with nonprofits, associations, startups, like you said, purpose-driven organizations specifically in the area of corporate support. So finding money and resources specifically from Fortune 1000 companies, large corporations, and that falls under a few different categories in corporations. A lot of your listeners might already be familiar with corporate philanthropy. A lot of corporations have their own foundations. So there's philanthropy associated with that. Other areas within the corporation that I work with and work on with my clients would include the corporate marketing department, as well as corporate social responsibility. Many times they have their own budgets for um, philanthropic and sponsorship interests. And then corporate DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion and accessibility is another area that tends to have budgets that want to contribute to purpose-driven organizations. So specifically what I do is I work with clients to help them with their messaging, help them with their outreach when I frankly, when I have the time and can do outreach for them, uh, but really give them the roadmap, the playbook on how do you effectively reach corporate decision makers? Because I find that corporate sponsorship, corporate philanthropy is a little bit of a different ball game than if you're doing individual giving or major gifts. And I really honed my skill in this area uh, because I spent just about 10 years with PBS and NPR working with a team of people that went out and found corporate funding specifically for our stations in our area. And I thought to myself, it would be great to kind of take that success and translate it to other types of nonprofits. So that's kind of specifically the lane that I work in with corporations. Sweet. Amazing. Okay. Let's assume today that I hired you and you're going to help me to get positioned to get some of this money. Um, so uh, you're going to start with my messaging. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So everything I do is under a basis I call me, me, mo. And that stands for the mind, the message, and the motion to get you to the money. So I believe you have to align what's going on with your head, what's going on with what you're communicating, and what's going on with what you're actually doing in order to be successful. Now, there's a lot of components that fall under that. So I work with some clients one-on-one, usually executive directors, VPs of development, uh, founders, to first really help them with their messaging. Because what I find, David, is that 
sometimes they give a little too much up front. And I call this really understanding the power of brevity when you're working with corporations, understanding that. that, you know, being brief, but making an important, impactful connection up front is going to really set you apart. So that's the first thing I work on with my clients is really that power power of of brevity. brevity. Yes. Yeah. And that starts where, where do I need to be brief or, or where do I need to hold back? I'm, t- I'm given too yeah. much. Where yeah. do I need to hold Excellent. back? Excellent question. So I focus on that first communication that you're sending out, whether that being email, maybe you're leaving a voicemail, maybe it's even a voice to voice contact. People tend to give too much, but think about it. We live in a society of 15 second pre-rolls on our phones half a second ding notifications, and we're used to seeing summarized, concise information. So we have to take that same brevity and apply it to when we're outreaching to corporations, because these are people, David, that have thousands of other things going on. As much as they want to hear about the great work you're doing, they have another 5,000 things that they have to do. So it is imperative for you to really stand out. And the best way for you to stand out when your initial outreach is to be brief. And I have a, a quick formula I like to use. Keep oh. your emails at 150 words and just use this three-step formula in your email. Who are you? Number one. Number two, how does your organization connect with the mission, vision, and values of the corporation that you're actually outreaching? And number three, what do you want next? Do you want another phone? Do you want a phone call? Do you want the opportunity to send more information? Do you want a meeting? If you keep to that, I I kid you not that (laughs) you will be welcomed by many corporate decision makers because you're respecting their time because you're being brief. Lori, so are you... Are you telling me that if I if I can do it, or if I can find the key, I can connect with people in an email, I can connect with people maybe in a voicemail or uh, just to quickly in person, if I will use these three things, if I can have a plan, if I'll practice or be ready with just yeah. these three things really quick. Yeah. So first of all, it's imperative that you do your research before you do any type of outreach. So you want to see what other types of philanthropic organizations and nonprofits these companies are supporting. So -hmm. you could use that as kind of like social proof. So if you've got a, if your organization, let's say, is uh, a food pantry or does something with, you know, anything in, in, in hunger, let's say, and you see that XYZ Corporation just supported another hunger center or something within food security, you can reference that in your outreach. That's a great way to connect. So that would be the first suggestion I have in how you make a connection. Another way is to look at their annual reports. Most corporations have an annual report, and a lot of times they will talk about the giving that they do and the other organizations that they support and what their mission, vision, and value pillars are for giving or for supporting and sponsorship. So you can reference one of those pillars of their mission in your outreach. So you could say, uh, XYZ Corporation, I see in your annual report that you have a mission in 2023 to 
help advance democracy, you know, and, and get people so you're to helping vote. them advance their giving goals. You're That's helping them complete exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You're doing so, them a favor. You're doing them a favor. Actually. Exactly. Exactly. So you're, you're taking some of the work away. You're taking some of the work away so they don't have that they can make a quicker decision about wanting to talk to you. Remember, when you outreach to a corporation for the first time, you're not sending a proposal. You're not talking about any type of money yet. You just want a next conversation. You just want to get them interested enough to keep engaging with you. So now, that's where that power that of brevity comes in. Brevity. So do you find that hard to teach nonprofit leaders? It can be. Absolutely. Because <laughs> if you think about it, especially Why? because think about the work. Well, I think it goes back to the work that nonprofits do in the trenches in writing grant proposals. It, they're usually extremely detailed, it, opposite of everything I'm saying. So, but, and and I always do say every every organization is different and things are different, but I'm talking about situations where it's not a traditional grant cycle where you have specific instructions of what you need. My work is actually, you know, connecting with those decision makers that do kind of oversee those different pots of philanthropic or CSR or marketing money. And they want to see a, a standard proposal or they want a standard presentation. And when you're not given any rules or guidelines, that's where my defaults are very helpful based on my work with corporations. And being that I I worked on the corporate side myself before I got into nonprofits. So all of that experience is is very helpful. But I, I just think that there's a philosophy that, you know, you only get one chance with a big decision maker. So you, you tend to give them everything. And what I'm saying is that's not helping. You can't go in with the mentality that this is my only chance. You've already set yourself up to fail. You have to go in the mentality of this is step one of a large conversation that will keep going. Right. Oh. Awesome, girl. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, so the me, me, mo. Uh, the, is the first one M-I? What was it? It's M-E. M-E, mental. I might have said mind. mind. M-E okay. is the mental. mental, mental yeah. And then M-E, the message. And then M-O, the motion, which is your activity. Yeah. Okay. All right, then. I love it. Way to go. So the power of brevity. Now, do you address that in your book? I just find I that to be a hard problem. Uh, and it's hard to get people to understand. We don't have time to put up with long. We just right. don't. I don't do it on web pages. I don't do it in conversations. I don't right. do it in emails. I delete, delete, delete. Yes. I, pay. I pay no attention. That's you right. got to grab me and it's not going to be with something long. That's but right. I just, I, this is my own personal experience. It's hard for leaders to catch on to that. They have yeah. so much to say and they want to say it all. <laughs> yes, right? So yeah, I have a whole chapter in the book about the power of brevity. But try to look at it this way. And, and writing for brevity doesn't happen overnight. It takes practice, especially since up until now, depending how long you've been fundraising, there's a certain way you've been writing or communicating. So one activity that I have my clients do is go back to emails that they sent that didn't get a response. How many words were those emails? And tone them down, like cut them in half by 50%. And then reread them and really self-critique. And I think you'll be surprised because if, 
Again, decision makers literally have thousands of piece of di- pieces of digital communication they're going through the whole time. They do not have time to read about your entire mission, vision, and for 2024. <laughs> they, they don't. Yeah. Or why you're most important than anybody else. I mean, they don't have the time. You have to make a connection quickly. So that's my, the first practice I recommend to help with brevity. Also, just putting, and you kind of did this, put yourself in the chair of someone receiving communication. Most likely, you don't like really long emails, <laughs> right, David? I mean, Lori, every day I delete more emails mm-hmm. than I read, and I don't yeah. read them. I glance and I delete. You got a quick, you got yes. a quick moment to grab me, and I delete you. I do it That's every right. day, constantly. I have to. Yeah. When I go to get my snail mail, I walk back with a pile of mail, yeah. and you know where I sort it at? Over the garbage can. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. I mean, it's just that quick. Right. And and I just, that's a, so I think of it constantly. And then, uh, you know, people who try to connect with me and I think, I don't have time for this. I really don't. So anyway, I oh girl, you're, you, this is my soapbox and you're the preacher. So I love you, love you, love you. I want to give you you a bigger microphone somehow. Okay, uh, so uh, you got your messaging. Yeah. Did you come back over? I got two pages of notes here already. <laughs> I'm going to be a changed man just from this one oh, interview. Oh, that's great. So Thanks. what else do I need to position me? I've got to use brevity. And I, yeah. so I'm not going to practice that. It's not going to come overnight. I really right. probably could use you as a coach. I need a coach. I just need a practice. It's not going to happen naturally. That's right. So I'm going to use brevity. What um what else do I need? You're you're my I just hired you and I'm a real mess, Lori. I yeah. need you like crazy. <laughs> well, I'm assuming struggling. you got it. So assuming we're talking about that first engagement, which is where we spend a lot of time, because that first engagement is actually very important. I referenced research earlier, but I'd like to get a little more specific as to the research. Uh, methods that I recommend. I highly, highly recommend researching on LinkedIn. Take a look at your decision maker on LinkedIn. It is amazing what people put in their LinkedIn profiles now. I mean, the details in terms of these are the types of philanthropic experiences I'm interested in hearing about. Wow. Um, yeah. Or they're telling you the, how to serve them. Yeah. They're telling you exactly. And the other thing I like to do is I like to utilize their language in the outreach. So if I read something that they said in their LinkedIn profile, I'll quote it if it relates to what I'm trying to, you know, com- how I'm coming to cr- come across. Right. So that's another great reason to use LinkedIn. I mean, use their words. People like to hear their words. It's it's revalidated. They they identify with them, don't they? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So LinkedIn is essential in in everything I do. And then to learn more about the company, something I like to do that I work on with my clients is setting up Google alerts. And I don't know if you've ever done this, but it's really simple. Yeah. So you literally could just go to Google and type in Google alerts. It'll tell you how to do it. But let's say there is an industry that you're interested in researching on behalf of your nonprofit that you think would be really good partners or potential sponsors and funders. You can set up Google alerts for um, manufacturers in Cleveland, Ohio. 
And any news that comes through that Google finds about manufacturers in Cleveland, Ohio can be automatically emailed to your inbox. You have just, you have just gotten me a lot of money just right there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's really Google's doing the work for you. You just have to go through and, and see what, who's doing what and what might match for you. You never know. You might even find a philanthropic program or some sort of connection to those articles. Wow. I use Google alerts, but it didn't cross my mind to use it just in that capacity yeah. for clients. And because I'll oh, know that yeah. they're in the newspaper before they do. That's ex- oh, that's so true. But I want to influence if they're yeah. you know, something good. Uh, or if they get stabbed up in the in the, in the <laughs> press somehow, then I'm, I connect That's with them. Right. Hey, I read that. Good and bad news. Hey, way to go or sorry, whatever. But I don't know. I, people just love it. I've used it. Oh, my goodness. You just challenged me to do something different. Oh, and my it's, gosh. The other thing I recommend, because once you get, as you know, David, once you get Google Alerts going, Google will send you tons of stuff. Well, so you might want to set up another email address for yourself that just gets your Google Alerts so you're not bombarded, but you need to remember to check it. It's also a great little tool to have if you're already engaging with a potential yeah. partner or, or sponsor yes, and you're looking for touch points. And you know that they have a particular interest in something. You can set up a Google alert about that interest. You get an article about that interest and say, hey, John, I thought of you the other day. I saw this article about AI. I know that's something you're really interested in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, use Google as a partner in your business in in terms of its capabilities Mm -hmm. with Google alerts. And that will will definitely help you for your meeting and, and after as well. Use Google as a partner in your business. Gosh. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a pretty fair, a decent amount of money just out of this conversation. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I'm a little biased because I'm the one giving the information. Oh, well, when you know what you're talking about, that's a different story. So, okay, give us just a couple more before we go. This is so incredibly, so easily used. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Let's talk a little about proposals. So let's say you've, you've, you've had your meeting and you're at the proposal stage. I talk about this in my book and I really suggest you avoid pumpkin spice proposals. And that's what I call them. Pumpkin, pumpkin spice, spice proposals. proposals. I may be doing these since I don't know what that is. Tell so me I'm going to explain. Is. So first, anyone who loves pumpkin spice latte coffee, I'm with you. I love it. So I don't mean to offend anyone on pumpkin spice, but the whole idea is it almost goes back to brevity. You want to keep your proposal simple and clear. You don't need a lot of the pumpkin spice. You just need the coffee. And this is a lot of feedback that I get from corporate decision makers that I work with. They'll tell me things like, Lori, you don't need, your clients don't need to rehash what I do. I know what my company does. You don't have to tell me that. You don't need to pay for that. Okay. <laughs> Just, I want to know what's the connection. Why, why are you connecting us? That's what I want to know. So that's something I hear a lot. Um, over usage of, of logos on pages. You know, that's another thing. Uh, Lori, I know what my company logo is. You could use it once. That's great. I don't need it on every page. Um, same thing for your logo as your philanthropic organization. Doesn't have to be on every page. Mm-hmm. Over uses of clip art or photos. You know, it's okay to use photos, yeah. but don't let them take up your whole presentation. And really, my best practice, based on feedback, I, feedback I get on proposals, try to keep them to five pages at the most. Mm-hmm. 
And again, sticking to the basics, you know, tell a little about your organization. Why are you contacting this corporation specifically? What's the connection? Outline the opportunity. Here's everything that they're going to be funding. Talk a little about, okay, here are kind of the, the socioeconomic and, you know, the community engagement perks that they get with that association. What are you asking for? You know, what's the number? And then a statement of gratitude. And I like to say statement of gratitude because I think the generic thank you is just overused. Yeah. There's not a lot. Of, oh, thank you. know, thank you. Sure. Sure. But, um, I agree. But something like a statement of gratitude where it mm-hmm. says, you know, we truly appreciate the time and consideration you're giving this proposal. We understand that you see hundreds, if not thousands of proposals like this. Um, we hope that in you reviewing this, you see the true connection and why we think we would work mm-hmm. very well together. That just sounds better than thank you. Know. You know? know. So those are my tips on proposals. Stay away from the pumpkin spice, stick to the knitting, you know, stick to the basics. And and that's going to help you because literally they go through thousands. I mean, depending how large the uh, the Mm -hmm. corporation is, it could be thousands of proposals in a year. Awesome. Incredible. Okay. We've got time for one more thing. What else? Stay away from pumpkin spice proposals. Yeah. (laughs) So a little on the mental side, I also have a chapter on something I call um, tackling your periwinkle zombies. I like to use colors a lot, right? (laughs) Oh, you got a gift for words or somebody's giving you some good stuff. So let's talk about periwinkle zombies. So this is just basically my phrase for anything in your mind that maybe you're projecting into the future about a meeting that casts self-doubt. So let's say you've got a big meeting coming up. You researched really well. You vetted the, you know, you had a great conversation, what have you. Now, this is the big meeting where you're going to ask for money, right? You start worrying and then the worry turns into, oh, they're going to hate this or they're not going to like this or what if this happens? I call those periwinkle zombies. Um, because periwinkle, it's a color that looks really nice and it looks kind of, you know, like it's a comforting color, but behind it are these zombies that are just trying to take over Mm -hmm. your thought process. Mm -hmm. And, um, if you can just get over that and just, you know, with some clients who it really hurts them, I have them journal, like journal about the meeting before it happens. And anything that you're feeling doubt about, journal about it, go back and look at that in 24 hours. And you're probably going to be like, oh, well, that's not really an issue. You know, it's it's like, get it on paper. There's something about that, you know, taking good breathing, deep breaths before a meeting, having, having some water with you during the meeting. There's also some great research out there, David, about if you're in a meeting and you lose your place or you forget what you say. You're going to say, that. <laughs> if you take a sip of H2O, there's actually science about how that can reactivate your mind to get you back on track. So there's a lot of different ways you can combat those periwinkle zombies, but you just you just have to go for it and put the fear aside and you do it anyway. I have found the book that I'm going to be giving uh- as gifts, the boardroom <laughs> playbook by Lori Zoskraska. Thank you for being on the show today. You are delightful. So is the book, is it selling well? I don't know. How's how's the book doing? I've got some amazing response to it and it's available on Amazon. So it's, you know, it's available on paperback as well as if you're someone that likes to read it on a Kindle, it's also Mm -hmm. available on that. So yeah, it's, uh, it's gotten an amazing response and I'm so blessed 
Incredible. Yes. Incredible. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks, You're one of my mentors now. Oh, thank gonna, you. I'm yes, glad I'm to help. Study that book and be amazing times 10 just because of that. Thank you for being on the show. I encourage everybody that's listening, connect with Lori, number one on LinkedIn, I'm guessing. And I'll put all the links in the show notes. So just hop over to the show notes and click and uh, connect with Lori. She is delightful. She's delightful. (laughs) She knows what she's talking about. And a few minutes with her, as you can see, just a few minutes here can be life-changing and get the book, get the book, the boardroom playbook. I cannot wait. I thank you for challenging me today. And I've got three pages of notes here that as soon as I hang up from you, I'm going to implement and do, I'm going to get some Google alerts going. I'm telling you, you just expanded me. I'm larger. I'm so excited. Oh, that's great. And and keep me posted on how things go with that. Oh, I will, Laurie. And I'm going to name drop, tell the whole world, you and I are friends. It's going to be um, major, (laughs) major, what would I say? Um, I'm rehabilitating. I'm making... Um, how did you, when you name drop, you're, I'm using your status to pull myself up. <laughs> thank well, you. Thank you, David. You're adorable. And thank I hope you. you'll come back and be on the show again. I'd be glad to. I'm going to study the book. I'm going to fill it full of, I'm going to just get legal pads of really tough, hard questions. And then I get you to come back and, be and glad drill to. you and let you easily answer them. Thanks for Please, being on the show today. bring it on. Thanks for all you do and for all the people that you'll never see whose lives you change and the beneficiaries who get um, served because of the money that these folks get. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lori Zoss Kraska, thanks for being on the show today. The Boardroom Playbook is her book. Click on the links in the show notes and hook up with Lori as you see. One conversation with her, oh my goodness, her content is amazing in a conversation and in the book. So hook up with her. Before you go, I'll affirm you a little bit as I usually do. Don't forget who you are. You are an amazing visionary and you see the world. It's you see the world that we're not living in now and you live to make that world happen for that. You're incredible and you're amazing. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. God bless.